So we were also at a park a couple weeks ago. There was a drunk guy, blatantly drunk. He was like singing at the top of his lungs. But yeah, the, yeah. the kids that you could tell were like pretty uncomfortable with it. And they, they just told them, yeah, he's drinking, drinking causes drunkenness. Drunkenness is bad because we can't control our thoughts or our actions. And he's probably drinking because he's sad and he wants to feel happy. But that's not the way that God wants, wants him to feel happy. Hello and welcome to God is a Dad podcast, the show where three couples get together and try to answer our parenting questions by talking about how God parents us. Today's topic is about alcohol. A topic that if you have experiences with lots of different strains of Christianity, you'll know that there's widely differing views in terms of the morality of alcohol, the wisdom of drinking alcohol. And so for some of you, this might be a little bit of a controversial episode. Just want you to know that we tried to speak about it with a lot of grace and a lot of understanding. Even if you disagree with us, uh, we respect and fully support your decisions regarding alcohol in your family. Again, in our show, we are not trying to tell people the right way to parent. We are simply kind of exploring our questions and hoping that through our conversations, it would spark conversations between you and your spouse if you are married. That would help you decide what's right and what's best for your family. We thought this was a really fun one. Uh, We don't take ourselves too seriously, so we hope you don't take us too seriously either. Uh, Let's go ahead and get started. I don't know about you, but like when I was thinking about doing smoking and alcohol or starting with it or talking about it, I just like didn't think it was that big of a deal. Or I was kind of like, what is sort of the point of talking about it? Because I felt like so beyond uh, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, it being a thing. Uh, but then I remembered the, the story from my childhood where it was one of the most memorable things that actually I have from like elementary school that happened inside of my family, where basically one night my mom was gone. And so my dad was watching us and he had just finished some like thing with his colleagues project or some like traveling or whatever they gotten back. And so they kind of wanted to celebrate because they'd finished something and had, it had gone well. And so they were kind of like, all right, we're finished. Let's, let's celebrate. And so he had two of them over and they were out on the back patio and my sister and I were supposed to be in bed, but we kind of like heard things going on. And so like we both were like looking out the window trying to figure out what was going on. And my dad was out there on the patio drinking and smoking cigars with his two buddies that he worked with. And my sister and I were, were genuinely like seriously concerned. And I remember thinking what's happened to my dad. Like, <laughs> like I thought he was a good guy. I thought he <laughs> made good choices. I thought I could like trust him or whatever. And basically when I saw him drinking <laughs> and smoking cigars, my faith in his righteousness or I don't know, my faith in his trustworthiness sort of was like shaken. The story goes that my family always tells is that my mom came home and my sister came up to her because she was still awake. She was, she was also really concerned. And she was like, mom, dad was outside with some very, very bad men tonight. <laughs> <laughs> my dad had no idea. And my parents were all like pretty, pretty confused and kind of thinking, what, what's going on? Because they drink and I mean, I think they, my mom never smokes. So my dad maybe has a cigar a year or something like that when he's celebrating. But basically, they had never said anything to us about it. We'd never been around it. They'd never talked about it. There was no framework that we had for drinking and smoking. I don't exactly know where we picked up the fact that smoking and drinking was bad and like bad people did it. But it wasn't for my parents because they didn't think that because they, they did it. Uh, and so that kind of like that story, when I remember that reminded me of, I actually do think it's a pretty good conversation to have with regards to how do we engage with it with our kids so that, you know, they don't see you doing it and think you're a bad, bad man or doing it with bad men. Just like we did with the profanity episode, I thought we could just start with what does God think of it? 
yeah, what's God's perspective? Because that hasn't been, there's been disagreements about that throughout the history of Christianity. Yeah. I I feel like God's okay with it. I mean, I think everyone's going to reference Jesus's first miracle, turning water into wine. And so that's where I would probably start <laughs> as well. It, it seems like Jesus uh, recognizes the role of alcohol, <laughs> yeah. that it just makes things more more fun <laughs> to an extent. You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I think that there's a window where alcohol is just pretty fun and, you know, it, it makes things more fun. And so <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the, probably like God's ideal is for that. You know, like he put, he puts other things around it in, in our lives that makes, you know, it, and it, it enhances the experience. So I think alcohol is one of those things, but again, moderation is everything i guess i have to say that but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so have you guys heard that one of the defenses that they come up with to still say that alcohol is wrong even though jesus made tons of wine was that the wine that he was making was not alcoholic yeah heard that? wow jesus made a uh, grape juice yeah something like that yeah i've heard <laughs> i've heard the argument that because it was the best tasting wine that it, it couldn't have actually been wine because wine tastes bad. So mm. I have never had a conversation with somebody <laughs> right. that has that. If I were to have that conversation, I think it would be based around context. And I think it'd be based around like looking at the times, how wine was used, the prevalence of it, maybe talking about like just our current stigma that we have. Have you guys heard the the explanation of the of that passage where the master of the wedding or whatever comes to him and he's like, wow, everybody else saves the, or uses the good wine at first and then saves like the cheap wine for later. Kind of heard that expl that explained because like you do the good wine early because people are still fairly coherent and then right. at weddings people yeah. are drunk a lot later and that's why you bring out the cheap wine because people can't tell the difference. Right. So, so basically the idea is that these people were probably already pretty, pretty far gone and then Jesus gives yeah. them good wine after it. Hearing that context, makes it pretty unusual to think that the good wine means it's just grape juice because if you bring out the great, the good, the good stuff first, because people can still taste it, then that good stuff is probably getting people a little bit tipsy at least. We had some people over some friends that we have here and they're from uh, Oklahoma and we were talking over lunch with them this weekend about alcohol and the stigma of alcohol. And they're like very surprised just at the prevalence of it here in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was out with some friends after climbing on Friday night and I saw our principal out and they were like, oh man, if anybody saw a principal out at the bars, it would be the talk of the town. Really? Yeah. And so I was, I was kind of surprised. And so, uh, you know. In Oklahoma? Uh, yeah. They were like, it would be shocking to, to see that. I guess uh, I just always had the mindset that like South was like big into drinking as well. But <laughs> <laughs> so my question is in the Christian culture, where did the stigma come from? Why is it why is it this this thing? I have no <laughs> idea. 
We probably, well, yeah, I probably, anybody that's listening, if you want to come on and you feel like you're a super conservative person, you think it's wrong all the time and have some, have some good ways to uh, explain this to us, or we, that's the, probably the person we need to have invite on to kind of explain it and give us a little bit different yeah. perspective. That would be, that would probably be really helpful, I think. I mean, I get I just, it. Like Paul multiple times references like, hey, don't get drunk, you know, avoid drunkenness, whatever, debauchery. And so I feel like it gets lumped in. With just that laundry, uh, because that's what Paul does. You know, he lumps it in with the with the whole list of things that you shouldn't do. And so, yeah, we we can all agree drunkenness is bad. And so, because alcohol causes drunkenness, and there are people, yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of people. Probably the majority of the world <laughs> uh, can't control or don't want to control their consumption of alcohol, and they end up getting drunk it makes sense why that stigma is there well i mean even paul's like i have a glass of wine every night for my stomach ailments i feel like the delineation is pretty i mean there's just so many things that we do that you know if overdone is bad gluttony tv what you know like anything that is listed as a sin in the bible is just a yeah it's just a distortion or an overextension of something that's good right well see are you sure dan my question was going to be is there anything else that is like that where a little bit's okay but a lot is not okay because i mean i feel like the stuff that he's talking about is like sexual morality a little bit of murder yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) like slander uh lying just like any of the Ten right. Commandments or something, that, that if you would list those in a certain form. like. Well, I mean, he, he does specifically say drunkenness and not necessarily drinking. I can picture the list, and my argument would be that like they're all overextensions of base desires to be happy. Sure. So like debauchery or sexual immorality or what have you. Like it's all, well, the act is unhealthy. Mm. You cross some line at some point. And the origin is different than the destination. I think your point's compelling, though. I've never thought about it that way. I mean, I mean, I, I think what you're saying is, is an argument to say, hey, drinking is fine, but drunkenness is bad. And so you would reference, you know, what, what you just said. I'm, I'm more saying that I'm not surprised by the cultural interpretation of those verses and the social stigma against alcohol. <laughs> Maybe you guys have, uh, I think you guys are probably just better at getting out of your own, your own opinions than me. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, like, sure, I can see why it's there, but I still have like a hard time believing that it exists. I feel like one thing that was a little bit missing from our, from our, our profanity conversation that we had, Dan, was just like the recognition that that there might be like really good reasons to not to not sure. use swear words all the time, I guess. I mean, I, we, we, mm-hmm. we, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but like, you know, it, it's also really important, I think, to respect that other people might have really like legitimate reasons, not just because they're bound by false thinking, but actually because there's there's genuine good reasons yeah. to not. So what would you guys say are like reasons that you think God would be really happy for some with someone like abstaining or like choosing to not drink? Yeah, like predisposition to alcoholism mm-hmm. or um, addictive personality. I think the other good reason is just finances. <laughs> Alcohol's dang expensive. <laughs> right. Ordering a drink with every meal increases like double or over double your, your meal cost. I understand there's legitimate reasons. 
So I I had a conversation with one of my coworkers maybe like a month ago, and it was it was pretty brief, but uh, he is like a very conservative Christian brother. He he he's awesome. I I love him. But we were we were working, and he just says, "So Jake, why alcohol?" Because like I I talk with my boss about like whiskey or whatever and, and beer, and so he knows that that I drink. He knows that I'm a believer. But but he goes, "Why why alcohol? Why why even bother with it?" And I really didn't have an amazing answer for him. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it was basically everything that I like sort of responded with. It was like, but but why though? Like like yeah, right. You know, because essentially I was like, well, God made it and it's fun. What well, it was basically mm-hmm. my, my response and yep, that sure. like it's one way for us to enjoy what, what God's made. And so he was like, well, couldn't you just enjoy everything that God made anyways? You know, just without exterior influence. And I was like, yeah, I guess I could. I mean, ideally, I suppose. So I I feel like- oh, God. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. no. No, no, Justin. You think what I have to say is better than what you have to say? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the it's fun argument doesn't hold up because for some reason, I don't, and I don't really know why it is, but fun as a virtue or fun as like a, a important right. pursuit is super absent from the scriptures. Yeah. Right. If I look at life, if I zoom out and I look at how life is and the way God made life and the way God made people, the way God made children, the way God made like the first 12 to 15 years of a human's life and what is valuable and important to them, then you can clearly see that like fun is super, super important. Anybody who's got kids is like, that's the entire goal of life for literally a a fifth of your life. Probably it's just like that fun. Uh, And like some of the purest moments in my children's life that I ever see are just when they're having pure unadulterated fun. They're just enjoying themselves. They're enjoying life. They're enjoying time with me. They're enjoying each other. So like when I look at life, fun is obviously a, a pursuit worth striving for. Mm-hmm. But when I look at the script, the, when I look at the, what the Bible says, and it's, it's pretty much absent. Uh, I mean, not totally. I know there's, I know there's verses and stuff that you can kind of pull out, but in terms of the virtues that are hammered in the Bible, fun is not one of them that is sure. like, repeated over and over again. And so I feel like for me, if you take that view of the Bible that the only things you can pursue have to be like explicitly stated by a chapter verse, then you know your whole like it's fun argument is going to fall flat. But to me, like yeah. when I hear fun, like as I've grown to like know God and experience Him as a parent and and experience my kids and just remember how like good of a thing fun is, to me that that argument resonates because I'm like, yeah, I I think fun's super important to God, but I don't ha- I don't have a Bible verse that would say like you know whatever the lord saith pursueth fun or whatever i don't know <laughs> that was my that was my whole argument is yeah. that like that's compelling to me the innate desire that we have to have fun seems mm-hmm. like a pretty clarifying one so like why you know like couldn't you go out and, and not eat an ice cream cone and still enjoy all the things around you like well yeah you could but mm-hmm. i would prefer to have an ice cream cone Sure. Like, could you go out and <laughs> go out with your friends at a bar and not get a drink? Well, yeah, but I would rather have a drink. <laughs> I feel like the argument of saying, can't you do it without alcohol is, I mean, it's similar to a little bit more serious topic, which is, I guess, how people a lot of times responded to like mental health or anxiety or depression being like, can't you just like be happy without medication? Because it's almost like a denial of the chemical reality of what happens in your brain when you take medication, 
right? That mm-hmm. there is like something chemically going on, which is like the same thing with alcohol. Like when you drink alcohol, something chemically changes in your brain that makes things lo- less inhibited, that makes things like more fun, that makes things a little bit looser and happier. And so to just say like, what can you just do with alcohol? I feel like is the same kind of denial of chemistry, sort of the realities of what biologically happens when you mm. ingest those two chemicals. Sure. Um, could you kind of, but also like, we also know that, that that chemistry that happens in the brain is actually super important and actually really, really affects how things feel. So in the same way that someone maybe can't be just happy without taking pills, somebody also might not be able to have as much fun without drinking alcohol. <laughs> that's a that's a fiery statement right there it is, it is fiery but man, i mean it's the same it's thing man. Like what ha- the chemicals that, are, that fire you know fire in your brain the hormones that are released and yeah, yeah, the biological yeah. response it's like a real thing you know so uh sure you can have totally have fun without alcohol but anyone who's drank alcohol knows that it makes things more fun it just does it's like it's, it's like couldn't you my- couldn't you get through a day without coffee well yeah but it makes it a lot easier for me to like be energized when i have caffeine but yeah. i could i could soldier my way through but chemically, it's much, much easier, and I would much, much rather have caffeine. It's it's just not negligible is my thing. Like people, I feel like when people say that, they're saying like it doesn't matter, like it shouldn't matter at all. There's no difference. And it's like, no, there is actually really f- a physical, real, tangible difference when you drink coffee, when you take antidepressants, and when you drink alcohol. It's a real thing that makes, makes a huge difference. I feel like all the mental health people who are like, yeah, we're finally getting traction in the church. Uh, they hear you say that and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> don't, don't let me in with the alcohol. Right. Dan, I, I really like the ice cream cone uh, analogy. I feel like I was, I, I was very hesitant about my argument uh, before, but then your, your ice cream cone was like, oh, yeah, that's true. I do like ice cream cones. Why? Why not? <laughs> so, so let, then, well, I, let, let me try to take a stab at the question we can't, we can't answer, which is why is it still why is it like a thing? Because I feel like it leads into a, a interesting discussion that we've kind of flirted around, which is I wonder if basically people think it's a bad thing, and hear Paul say, "Don't be drunk on wine. Don't walk around in drunkenness." And think, okay, I'm not going to drink any alcohol because the line between a righteous amount of drinking and an unrighteous amount of drinking is blurry to say the least. Right. Right. There is no hard line. It's really, I think, difficult for anybody to distinguish. And there's, there's certainly no biblical guidelines between being, let's say, tipsy and happy and okay before God and drunk. So I guess like maybe it would make it a little bit easier for people to stomach the idea of drinking if they had a better idea of a red flash going off in their head when you're you're telling me uh, you're you're telling me Noah's line is not the line that we should uh, use as our drunkenness standard. What's Noah's line? I don't know what that is. Where uh, he gets drunk enough to uh, is it Noah? Oh jeez. Or no, not. I think it's a lot. I'm getting my biblical characters, my old <laughs> characters confused. But when you get drunk enough to have sex with uh, one of your daughters, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that's what people are worried about, right? Is like getting past the line, and then by that point, in order to tell, it's uh, you know, you're 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 done, you're toast. <laughs> so, I think that's a pretty interesting question. I think Dan asked it uh, when we were hanging out earlier. To me, that's a big part of the issue. Is what would you say if someone was like, how do you know, Jake? How do you know, Dan, when you're drinking, how do you know that you haven't crossed over the invisible line and you are still on the side of righteousness? 
<laughs> I like to tell people. I like to tell people to get drunk, uh, and then that way they know what mm. <laughs> what what their line is. How describe for me how that would help them? Uh. <laughs> it, it, it it would not. I okay. I do not oh. recommend that. To oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna let you go there. I was like, all right, I'm I'm open. <laughs> I mean. I thought more about the question and my answer, especially for a podcast is about to be very unsatisfactory. Are you telling me you're about to hold back on me? No, no, no. I'm just going to say when, oh. when you know, you know, <laughs> oh, okay. like when I have crossed the line, it's very apparent to me. So do you feel like that has been when that's happened? Cause I've, I've never been drunk before. So maybe actually, you know, maybe Jake's advice is good and maybe I should. And then it would help me, <laughs> it would help me understand it. Or I could just ask you, I guess, uh, <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah. so so but in that so in that situation when that happens for you, my question is, is it intentional or is it like an accident? Like is it like you're drinking and then all of a sudden you're like, oh wow, I didn't mean to do that at all, and now I realize that I'm way too far beyond where I should be. Or if you were honest with yourself, would you be like, I kind of knew that I was drinking too much, or that there was something inside of me that like wanted to drink too much? Or is it just a complete accident? And you're like, whoops, like I didn't realize I was doing that and now I'm now I'm in trouble. I, I feel like it's somewhere in the middle. You know what? You know the potential like harms of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like when when you're drinking, you should just be totally like carefree and be like, oh, I'll just take as many drinks as I want. Like you should be at least a little responsible and a little cognitive of how many drinks you're having and what they're actually doing to your body. And so I feel like it's not an excuse to just be like, yeah, I was, I had a couple drinks. I was enjoying myself and all oh, that like fourth or fifth drink. Ooh, it really got to me. Cause that's usually what, what happens to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, and so afterwards I don't really like call that when, when I'm reflecting and, and reevaluating the night or, or whatever, I, I don't really see that as a as a good excuse for me. I'm like, oh, I really should have known better. Uh, I, I should have been more active <laughs> and and actually mm-hmm. seeing what alcohol was doing to me at the moment. Yep. But it, it's never like an intentional, like before the night starts, like, oh yeah, definitely having four drinks tonight so I can get buzzed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sure. it's not that type of a... Yeah, uh, yeah, right. So my experience with drinking, well, so first I would define drunkenness as like loss of, loss of bodily function or loss of, I think, or like loss of your train of thought, kind of mm-hmm. like the inability to respond intelligently to what others have to say, contemplate, think, make wise decisions. I would say being tipsy would be like experiencing any sort of like effects of alcohol while being able to hold like a good conversation, not slurring your words. Personally, just like my barometer for what I think that is. Now, if you're going to live in that state for days, then that might, then I would consider that, you know, like, cause that's like, <laughs> right, right. could be a legitimate concern. And if I had friends who were doing right. that yeah. and drinking that amount and just constantly like drinking like 10 or 15 beers a day, I would be like, okay. Yeah. You're never like irresponsible, but you're also like obviously coping for something else that's going on in your life. So that's just like my barometer for drinking. I definitely, some people would probably say that I've been drunk way more than I would consider. <laughs> so, because I, you know, sure, like sure. Yeah, I, yeah. that's a place that I yeah, yeah. think is okay. 
according to like my barometer, I, I would say like I've been drunk less than five times. And I would say maybe one of those was unintentional. And the others were, they weren't like, oh, I really want to get drunk. But they were, I don't really care right now. Definitely wasn't trying not to. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. I knew though, like I knew I was cognizant of what I was doing. So yeah, I, I appreciate that because I feel like one reason people are so concerned about drinking at all is because there's this kind of belief, this fear that if I have one drink, who knows, I might end up having 10 and, it, oh, and okay. I might not even be able to like prevent myself kind of. I feel like people that don't drink and don't have any experience with it, like they kind of think that might be how it works. It's basically like a slippery slope, snowball effect. One means you basically could end up having as many as possible. And that there's, it's yeah. almost like by accident kind of. And so people are like, I don't want to yeah. have any because if I do have any, then it kind of puts me in a really vulnerable position where I'm sort of, I've, I'm out of control. And I feel like from hearing you guys say that, I think that helps me. And I think that would help people understand that like most of the time, four out of five for Dan and Jake, it sounds like most of the time when that's happened, there is some intentionality behind it. There is at least some sort of a decision-making process, even if it's passive, where you're saying, I am not going to stop myself from getting drunk. Or there is something in your heart that is leading you towards it. And I feel like that's really important because it's not like, oh, I have one drink and then all of a sudden I'm tripping over myself and I don't even know what happened. It's like I had a drink and I was kind of in a place in my heart where, yeah, maybe things weren't great. Maybe I was like frustrated or in a bad spot and I was using alcohol in a bad way to make myself feel better. Interestingly, which is why I've never understood I can't stop once I start. Because for me, it's my experience has always been like very much in control of my decisions. I've always been aware and it's always been a choice. When I was reading, you know, some of the, some of Paul's verses or whatever, one, one thing that stuck out to me was in Romans 13, he talks about, you know, don't walk properly like in the daytime, don't get dr- like not, not in drunkenness or whatever. And then he goes on and he makes a statement where he's like, make no provision to gratify the desires of the flesh. I don't know. If I was to to try to draw the line for myself, basically, I would explain yeah. it by basically asking yourself, why are you drinking? And if you are drinking alcohol to gratify some fleshly desire, either like you're just craving pleasure or you're like sad and you're trying to run away from your problems or you're trying to drown out pain or you're trying to use alcohol in some way to appease your flesh, then to me, I think that that approach to alcohol will likely lead to drunkenness. You're in a place, you're in a bad place, and you're making a decision. You're like, alcohol is kind of my answer right now for giving me what I want. And so mm-hmm. therefore, I'm going to drink to give me what I want. What you want being like the, what, what your flesh wants. I just don't think that I've ever been in a situation where I'm drinking alcohol and I have some kind of, I've, I haven't had some kind of fleshly desire that's like, I'm drinking for another reason other than just enjoying an evening, enjoying the people I'm around, trying to be a little more relaxed and have a better time, basically. I've just never been in a situation where that, that fleshly desire has been there. And so there's never really been a temptation or anywhere close to the line because there's no, there's no other, there's no ulterior motive for drinking other than just kind of enjoying myself. And so I'm assuming that if I was to ever get drunk, I would look back and I would see something in my heart that there'd be some, some kind of thing that I'm trying to use alcohol to appease. Yeah. Also like the times that I've enjoyed alcohol the most is when it is just an accessory. 
anytime that I've like gone, maybe I didn't like the person that much, or maybe, you know, I didn't like the venue that much or whatever. And I've kind of like made alcohol my mm, escape and entertainment. Entertainment, yeah. Well, I'm hoping to ca- that to carry some of the burden of like right. the yeah. night in mm, terms that's of good. enjoyment. It's never, yeah, yeah. It's never. I'm always like, man, I wish I was at home right now, or you know, like. Anyways, that's my. That's yeah, my. I know. I mean, I, I like that. The I feel like that statement's a pretty good one. Like, what you described alcohol as an accessory or whatever. Whenever it's an accessory, it's it, that's when you enjoy it the most. I like I like thinking about it like that. Like, because yeah, I mean, people who do heavy drinking. In people who for who drinking is a, is a problem. The drinking itself really is the yeah. focus. It's the focal point, and that checks out with my experience of being around it. Awesome. Well, we spent plenty of time on that. Let's um let's move into the the kid thing. How comfortable are you with your kids being around alcohol? How much do you drink around them? I am of the opinion that I would like to model to establish healthy habits and not be afraid of it. So then, how do you apply that? for them yeah we talk about wine we let them taste whatever we're drinking this so they give a they give a thumbs up a thumbs to the side or a thumbs down based on on their food so if they sure. usually it's when they don't really like something they'll kind of make a face because they don't i i think they don't want to complain or say it like openly to us if it's food they don't <laughs> like and so they'll like take a bite of their dinner and they'll just do like this the gladiator like waving mm. the thumb and then they'll give it a pronouncement kind of <laughs> and so they've never liked any of the mixed drinks that they've tried uh mm. they're always like immediate thumbs down don't like it right. wine the best they've given it is like a horizontal thumb yeah we just i mean i would treat i would drink the same amount of alcohol around eli and ella that i would around anybody else and so i would just i just want to model that for them and you know we have wine with dinner once or twice a week maybe you know at weddings or on the weekend or during the whenever we haven't talked about drunkenness or being drunk but we we've talked about how alcohol has an effect on your brain and if you it, it can be like relieves you from thinking about some things a little bit but that if you have too much, it can make you sick and make you out of control. We we talk about it and talk about some of the, just the effects that it has on your body. And then we talk about why we don't drink too much of it. So I agree with all that. My, my thoughts was I, I don't want to create, I want them to be around it enough so that they don't create a taboo, that they don't have some kind of like a rebellious association with it or like have this attitude that like bad kids drink. Like that's yeah. something that I, I really wish I didn't, feel for a lot of my youth was that like oh you know someone's a bad kid if they drink alcohol basically like that was like the one marker that you look for is like if someone's a good kid they don't drink and that's how you know they're a good kid and if someone's a bad kid like in high school Mm. or whatever then they drink i I don't really love that i don't like that that kind of (laughs) that view of the world basically uh so i think we want to like you said model it model good behavior but also kind of give them a feeling that that's not what makes someone good or bad but the one thing I was, my question was, is like with, with drunkenness, like you said, you haven't talked about it. Like, I think we're all comfortable with our kids being around moderation and moderate alcohol. But are you guys comfortable? Because I felt like when I was thinking about it, I was like, I was, I'm not comfortable with my kids being around drunkenness. Basically because I don't feel safe. Like, because drunkenness is pretty unpredictable. 
Uh, and I wouldn't want my kids to be in a situation where like, I don't know what someone else is like going to do, or I can't like count on them to, I don't know, behave in a way that's safe for my kids. So do you guys feel that way too? Or, or do you feel like you're okay kids being around situations where people are by your definition drunk? We were, uh, just at a bar yesterday for lunch. We, uh, had to hit up some tacos, but there were definitely, uh, we, we live in a college town. And so it was like one o'clock in the afternoon, but there were definitely people there just like taking shots and, you know, pictures of beer. And it made me aware that that was going on. But he's, I mean, Elliot is two right now. And so we don't really have to like explicitly like walk him through all, all of our actions or, you know, everyone else's actions. But yeah, it, ju- it just made me more aware of my surroundings, of our, our surroundings. Like, mm, okay, like those people are taking shots. I mean, most people just ignored us. Uh, but th- there was a table like next to us that were uh, Elliot would get up and start running around and he would start dancing around them. And, you know, they would start talking with him. And for the most part, it was pretty like carefree and like pretty mm-hmm. fun. I don't know what I would do in the future, but it's not like I wouldn't necessarily be like seeking out those environments uh, on a consistent basis. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't 100% comfortable, but it wasn't like, oh man, we need to like get out of here as soon as we can. So we were also at a park uh, with some friends a couple weeks ago and we were uh, doing like a little picnic uh, with our friends and there was a drunk guy like five five in the afternoon evening uh just like blatantly drunk you you could tell he was drinking he was like singing at the top of his lungs and the the children were like nine or ten uh of our friends and they their parents did a really good job of just explaining what was going on with the guy and they they just told them, yeah, he's drinking. Uh, drinking causes drunkenness. Drunkenness is bad because we can't control our thoughts or our actions. And he's probably drinking because he's sad and he wants to feel happy. Um, but that's not the way that God wants wants him to feel happy. But yeah, yeah. the the kids that you could tell were like pretty uncomfortable with it, and they were you know a little afraid a little like even like somewhat judgmental like hey that's a bad man (laughs) you know like what you were saying justin but then they were like well you know what maybe we should just pray for him right now and so that they didn't like go up to him and like pray like lay hands on him but you know just from a distance they were like hey and and so then they just started praying for him and you know i i was really impressed by by that yeah that's pretty cool it, it was a very like direct conversation that they had with their kids in a way that they could understand, but then not be afraid of the situation. And then also like empower, empower the kids and say, Hey, you actually have like a solution for this. It's not something to run away from. You can actually step in and, and engage in the situation. Yeah, that's a cool, that's a cool example. I like that. Um, so then what last, last question is, so when would you guys feel comfortable with your kids participating in drinking with you let's say essentially my answer is like as soon as it is developmentally like okay for them to have alcohol in their system i'm fine with them with them drinking at our house in the same capacity that anna and i do you know like i i just know because like i work in the like 
mental health field that like some conversations that I have with people revolve around like weed use and how like I think it's after 25 your your brain is much more set but developmentally when you are in like high school it can be really de- detrimental I don't you're the age is 16 right drinking the age is 16 so Europe the the drinking age is it depends on the country from 16 to 18 which that actually reminds me we're friends with quite a few Europeans over here and they have a pretty different attitude and approach to alcohol, I would say, than Americans. Some guy was telling me a story one time where they were on vacation in the U.S. and they went into a bar with their whole family to eat or to go to the bathroom or something. And they got looked at really strange. And then the bartender told them they had to leave right away because their kids were with them and kids aren't allowed in bars. And they found that to be like the strangest thing because where they're from, pubs or bars are not deemed as like dirty or soiled or inappropriate places for children. They're just like you could easily bring your family to a bar or to a pub and have lunch, have dinner there with people around you drinking because the culture around it is so much less about drunkenness, about getting hammered and kind of losing control. So it's not like an unsafe place for kids. It's not an inappropriate or dirty place for kids to be. And they found that really interesting and kind of strange that the U.S. does kind of associate alcohol with that kind of stigma. So I don't know, it'd be interesting to have a European Christian on <laughs> and to ask them about how they feel about this question, because my impression is they would feel very, very differently about alcohol and children uh, than we do, which is kind of good to re- recognize that maybe a lot of our attitudes are less about what the Bible says and less about what God thinks and a little bit more wrapped up in our culture that we kind of come from. I just feel like for me, um, I would wait just until the, the legal the legal age. I feel like... I mean, obviously, there's plenty of stories of people like getting like becoming alcoholics and like drinking and, and, you know, getting addicted to cigarettes, you know, when they when they started at 18 or or 21 or whatever. So I, I understand like it can happen at any point. But at least anecdotally for for me, I've just never heard a story where. It was like, oh, yeah, I like drank and, and smoked with my parents uh, when I was underage and I like nothing bad came of it. <laughs> Dan, maybe you'll be the, the, the first <laughs> family that I hear of where that's worked out. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, and all those parents, too, have not been proactive. Like they've had a very different view of alcohol than what even we're offering in this conversation. So alcohol is definitely like just pure fun, pure escapism, no responsibility. And so when the parents aren't even in control, then that's when that the pretense is pretty faulty at that point. Even in my own family, like that hasn't worked out. And so I, I would just say, hey, we, we can wait and then just use the legal, the legal limit as the, the waiting point. So, but with the legal thing, like, I mean, it's legal to drink with your kids in your house so in certain states. Right. Yeah. The, the only thought I had with it was that, it, I mean, it was kind of like what you said, Dan, with your little thumbs up, thumbs down, middle thumb was that I wonder if there's sort of, uh, if the natural palate of a child is a little bit prohibitive to drinking <laughs> alcohol <laughs> and that if yeah. like, if it wouldn't be like a, a bad idea just to go by, I don't know what, <laughs> what, what their taste. Kids probably shouldn't drink coffee either, too. But then they don't like coffee until I don't know what age, what age they do, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I would guess that maybe like God designed their tongues to maybe enjoy alcohol at a, at a 
age when it is healthy for them. I mean, obviously you can look science, science would be good to look into. And maybe I should, maybe at the end of this, I'll, I'll do some research and kind of put in the, the general recommendations for alcohol and developmental stuff. But basically I've thought like, yeah, whenever our kids enjoy, like actually like the taste of beer, which I feel like is going to be a long time from now (laughs) based on what I remember as a kid. I mean, it's going to be like many, many years before they actually enjoy it. The taste of it. Yeah. I like that. Especially if it's not taboo. Like if it's taboo, then I feel like you're going to push past the, uh, the poor tastes in order to experience whatever. But if it's not taboo and you're like, well, like, I don't want to drink this thing. I want to have a Coke instead. So, yeah, I feel like if you're at the age where you'd rather have a Coke than a beer, then you should not be drinking beer. Like just drink Coke, you know? I mean, I remember us having that conversation in college when we were like 20 or something like, wait, is, is Mm -hmm. beer actually like more tasty than a Coke? And so (laughs) I think, I think, I think I was on the side of the Coca-Cola, if I recall, but I'm not sure if I would still make that decision. I definitely drink way more beer than I do pop now. So (laughs) you were addicted, bro. We need to to have, (laughs) 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 can we just have that be the line drop for, uh, (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a whole nother like uh, like uh, conversation we need to have is just the soda and junk food <laughs> addiction. But uh, yeah, yeah, if we're gonna have a stipulation on alcohol, then we need to figure out everything about soda and sugar. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I, w- I was pretty adamant that I just thought Coke objectively tasted better than a beer. Yeah, I feel like those, that guideline works until you start throwing in mixed drinks. Into the equation. Yeah. All right. Anything we missed? Would you bet your salvation that drinking alcohol is okay? No. You would not? <laughs> I mean, I would, if I was a betting man, I would bet my salvation on it. <laughs> but I'm not a betting man. <laughs> oh, that's great. Dude, this that's might great. be the first uh, conversation that we've had that I would not bet my salvation yeah. on it. <laughs> that we just said. <laughs> you, you would not bet your salvation that some alcohol is okay to God. See, all of the other things that we, that I've bet my salvation on, I've had like 100%. I feel like I the salvation bets have not been as radical as you guys have <laughs> made them out to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, I feel like I've made it on like statements like, oh, God's always loving or I don't know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, so, sure. but they're, they're, I feel like at best, that idea i could get behind like 80 percent. wow I'm, I'm like pretty much there but in order for me to bet my salvation that i need like a 100 <laughs> yeah of course that's i mean that's the idea of the question right, right? exactly would you look at that uh, we went we went from not being able to understand the rationale for why people wouldn't drink or why people think it's wrong to then ended up end up saying actually none of us would bet our salvation that it's okay to drink that right. is that's quite a turnaround I don't think I don't think it's turnaround. I think we were <laughs> sure. always there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I, I'm not saying we changed our minds yeah. in, in the conversation, right. but it is pretty interesting to start the conversation that way, and but then end it yes. that way, the other way. But that's right. good. I like that. I like that being the attitude, though. That's awesome. Any parting thoughts? Anything we miss? Alcohol is fun. Yeah, true. Be, be safe with it. <laughs> well, free guys. Cool. We'll yep. see ya. Fun one. Thanks for making the time. Later.
See ya. Later. That's it for us. Thanks again so much for listening. We really appreciate it. It's super fun to make these and it's super fun when people listen. Sorry we've been so inconsistent over the summer. We've just been out doing summer stuff with our families and enjoying life and all that kind of stuff. But now that school year started back up, we're going to be a lot more consistent. Try to have episodes roughly every week, at least three times a month, something like that. Once again, two things you can do to help us. The number one thing you can do is pick one or two people that you think might like our show, text them, email them, direct message them, or just tell them in person about our show. Then you can talk to them about it. Maybe have some interesting conversations yourself about alcohol, drunkenness, etc. That's what Michael Scott would describe as a win-win-win. Number two, please follow us on social media, especially Instagram. We love engaging with people on there in comments and direct messages and also in polls. We love hearing what people think about these topics, learning from them, and kind of getting a better idea of what other parents are doing. So that's really fun for us. Please do that, and we will keep the conversation going. We will be back next week with some very special guests. If you follow us on Instagram, you know who they are. If you don't, then I guess you'll just have to wait and see. We will see you then. You were addicted, bro. I like to tell people to get drunk. That's a fiery statement right there. <laughs>